and welcome to another episode, podcast in fact number 11 of Unstuck with Hypnopunk, Transformation with Edge. I am of course Hypnopunk aka Luke Michael Howard of Luke Gnosis Hypnosis and thank you for all your feedback. Please keep giving us reviews on iTunes, please keep um, sending your your feedback into us and the kind of shows that you like to hear and all the good things that you're enjoying um that really helps us and that helps me actually into the future plan new episodes for us today's episode is addictions addictions of all kinds whether that be addiction to cigarettes addiction to alcohol crack heroin crystal meth love affection obsessive compulsive thoughts whatever addictions are and listen no one gets all free you might be oh, i have no addictions i don't drink smoke do drugs hire hookers i do none of that i'm a good boy or girl but guess what jackass you do have an addiction we all do some addictions are a bit more brutal a bit harder on us uh on our minds on our bodies than others but everything everyone's got addictions including myself it's just about minimalizing those destructive ones um and banishing them and have more balance in your life if you will and um, what I found in in my addictions work I'm I'm getting a lot of people that come to see me um, somewhat recently over addictions specifically addictions to alcohol but the thing about addictions is is this what an addiction is 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 actually a lack of connection it's a lack of connection be that with yourself or be that with other people it's a lack of uh, connection in your life um, all the people I've seen for addiction problems that I mentioned um, all suffer from having a lack of connection. That could be with significant others, that could be family members. It can and usually is also a lack of connection with yourself. And oftentimes when that's resolved, um, a lot of people self-correct there and then, which is a very interesting thing. Oftentimes addictions are also unresolved emotions. They're patterns that people employ in their life to avoid doing certain things, to avoid taking action on certain things. And as destructive as that uh, addiction may be, it's also a sense of comfort for some people. Now let's talk about addictions and, and patterns in life and the way that we are. Is it is it nature or is it nurture? Are we born a certain way? Are we born an addict? or are we nurtured into that Uh, nurture seems the wrong word but it's the right word through through life through uh, parents through media through significant others through friendships and and things that we do i tend to believe and i and i you can't prove either of them but i tend to go with that addiction is about nurture i don't believe i don't subscribe to the theory that you are born an addict there is an exception to this, and that would be um, a baby. If it's mother, why in um, pregnancy, in that nine-month period, is taking some hardcore narcotics, be that crack, heroin, crystal meth, then babies can be born, can be born with an addiction there and then. Um, but that's very, very few, and I don't think in seeing over 5,000 clients that I've ever seen somebody whose mother was a crack addict, crystal meth addict, or was ingesting uh, one of those specific hardcore class A uh, narcotics. I've never experienced that, but I know that exists. So with the caveat of that, and even those people who grow up can overcome it, I believe it's nurture. Um, a side note, a lot of people will use the excuse 
yes and this this may upset some people and i hope it does annoy you i hope this does poke some of you well my dad was an alcoholic my mum was a junkie in my teenage years my brother was on crystal meth yada 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 this is why i'm this way because i i i'm this way because um because they, they made me this way they made me this way i grew up in this situation so i became an addict that may very well be something that triggered you you were in a situation and there are many people that will use that well my dad was an alcoholic so it's hereditary my mum was a crack addict after birth it is hereditary hereditary my brother or my sister was uh, addicted to in close the class a drug here um so that's why i am and yeah yeah you could use that it's it's a really good reason it's a really good excuse as to why you're fucked up and um, having bad behavior. You could use it. And um, there's a lot of psychotherapists that will take your money and listen to that story for many, many years. And you'll still end up being broken and um, being a victim of yourself and not overcoming that problem. See, a story from my life was I grew up with a father that pretty much was an alcoholic, still is and um, addicted if you will if you want to use that term to cigarettes and I remember at the age of I believe 14 my dad had a heart attack and me and my little sister found out and my mum took us to the hospital and we didn't know anything other than he had a heart attack and it was the first time I remember being in the hospital so I remember entering that hospital with my sister who's nine and seeing my dad hooked up to all kinds of monitors and he wasn't moving so my little 14 year old brain said shit my dad is dead and he luckily he wasn't dead he started to move he was just having a nap um but the story is my dad had been drinking and smoking and and, and quite frankly doing bad behavior for that imprinting period of my life between zero and seven I'd seen this all the time you know my dad was is a quite a serious man when he's not drinking um, but when he's out of his friends, he's a completely different, charismatic, charming character. But what I saw of my dad most of the time was, um, only time I saw him potentially in a good mood was when he was drinking alcohol. And I chose, I chose at a very young age, I made the conscious decision, as did my sister, to not drink alcohol. And it's not a judgment. If you want to drink alcohol, you're listening to this and you enjoy it and it's not causing you pain or havoc in your life enjoy fucking alcohol this isn't a moral crusade to say you shouldn't drink alcohol i'm just sharing the story about me i saw my dad doing it all the time and i made a conscious decision that you know what i wasn't going to do it and in my whole life i've drank less than five times and i haven't drank any alcohol in the last what, what am i now i'm 38 in probably the last 18 years um just because i don't want to do it and i made that conscious decision not to do it um, as did my sister as well and I embraced a, a life of being straight edge and I was straight edge before there was straight edge what is straight edge um, straight edge is just not drinking alcohol not doing any um, drugs not hiring hookers and, and not gambling um, and if you want to do any of those things and you enjoy it and it's not destructive or causing you pain then by all means do it I don't care I'm just telling you about the decision that I made even though the one of the most significant malforces around me was my dad and he was doing the opposite i chose not to live a life that way i chose you know what i didn't want to be addicted to alcohol i didn't want to light up a cigarette i just chose not to do it 
Now, how many stories have you heard of the 38-year-old on the flip side of that? Oh, yeah, my dad drank all through my life. And every time he was happy is when he was drinking. Um, so that's why I drink. Or my dad smoked, uh, yeah, all of his life. And uh, he was just around me, of course, all the time. So, yeah, that's the reason I smoke. No, that's the reason I don't smoke. That's the reason I don't drink. That's the reason I don't do drugs. You can be the flip side of it. So I don't subscribe to that bullshit philosophy that, yeah, because I saw someone else do this or someone treated me this way, so I'm going to treat other people this way. You often hear the or controversial subject coming up. Um, you often hear the, the towels of, of somebody that um, is a pedophile, has abused young children. OK, you hear about this and then they, they're, they're at the trial and they're like, the lawyer comes up with, yeah, well, Mr. Johnson fake name please don't sue me if your name is mr johnson and you are a pedophile um yeah uh, mr johnson was abused by his fam uh, father his mother his uncle his aunt the boy scout leader the priest the nun whoever so this is the reason that he abuses other young boys bullshit bullshit you can make a choice out there if it's a right thing or a wrong thing now if someone's got a gun to your head and it's like i'm gonna kill you unless you do this then you still have a choice. You can either die or you can do that thing. But there is still a choice. I understand it's not the best choice in the world. But barring that, if you go and you go and hurt people and you are con- and you know that it's wrong because you live outside of a vacuum, you haven't been locked in a room for most of your life. Again, if you've been locked in your room, you've had no kind of contact with anyone else other than your abuser, no media, no nothing then maybe you've got a point. Maybe that you think that's how people are treated. But again, in over 5,000 clients, I'm yet to meet that person. So you can't use that excuse. Well, it happened to me and I thought, this is this is how I need to live my life. And that's why I abuse people. That's why I use drugs. That's why I drink. Bullshit. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. Unless there's a gun to your head or you've been locked in that room your whole life and you're only kind of interaction with somebody was the person who's pouring alcohol down your throat injecting crystal meth into you or abusing you that's the only and you had no other outside resources to see that was wrong to have a comparison frame then you might have you might have um a little bit of leverage on your argument when it comes there but again like i said i never met that person those people made a choice to do what they do don't use the fucking excuse my dad drank my mum drank my brother smoked my sister smoked my uncle abused me my pastor abused me well if you did it and you felt it was wrong and it felt horrible to you and you went out and you did it to someone else that's on you you can't use that as an excuse so as I get off my soapbox now, <laughs> I believe it's nurture, but I also believe that it being nurture, it being nurture means that you have some level of control of it. Now, I don't know if that's true. I can't prove it, but you can't prove to me it's nature either. And when it's nurture, it gives you, it gives me some level of control about how I navigate around the world and how I live my life and how you live your life and what you do. You might not be responsible for your thoughts because your thoughts come and go automatically like bubbles that rise from a fizzy glass of sparkling water or champagne. But you can absolutely unequivocally fucking control what you do in the real world. So you can't use that as an excuse anymore. There's programs like AA or NA out there and i'm sure that they were developed to help people overcome these addictions 
I get that. I like to believe that on some level they were developed to help people. I don't believe it takes 12 steps to fix you if you are addicted to something. Because guess what? I don't think you're broken. I just think you're doing something stupid and you need to change your behavior. That's it. You're not broken. You need to have some more connection with people. You need to identify why you're using that addiction, whatever it may be, as a crutch in your life. What's absent in your life? What you need to face? What you're trying to mask that addiction by, by taking those extra pills, by um, watching too much porn, by being on too much internet, internet. What are you avoiding in your life? What's so scary that you're trying distraction to keep yourself away from it? Because as soon as you face that thing that you need to face, oftentimes that addiction goes by the wayside, especially when you've got connection with people. There's different types of addictions. There's addiction to your thoughts, addictions to feelings, addiction to the feeling of comfort, addiction to the feeling of love, addiction to narcotics, as we mentioned, addiction to food. There's many different types of addiction. But really all we're ever doing with the addiction, whether it's the cocaine, the Coca-Cola, the food, the sex, the porn, the gambling, is there some kind of empty vessel inside you you're trying to fill? And guess what? You never get to feel it because there's no amount of this addiction that will ever make you feel full. The only way, the only thing that you can do to get rid of that addiction is because it's an itch. In itch, you'll never be able to scratch. The only thing you can do is break that fucking vessel to smash that glass, that glass ceiling, that glass window. So there is no more vessel that you need to feel and realize you're fucking enough. You're enough then, you're enough now. You're doing something stupid. Stop it. You don't even need to hire me. You don't need to buy another personal development book or $2,000 course or go to another conference where you masturbate over the notes inside your mind. Just stop it. Go and get some real connection. Start with a connection to yourself. And real authentic connections with other people. Stop blaming everybody else. Well, I'm this way because I already covered that in depth. Stop it. It weakens you. It victimizes you. You're better than that. Stop with the bullshit. Face what it is. I'll give you a story, right? I used to be a fat bastard. You know what my addiction was? No, it wasn't cigarettes. No, it wasn't alcohol. No, it wasn't crystal meth. No, it wasn't cocaine. Um, no, it wasn't marijuana. Well, my addiction was with sugar for a long time, all right? And I used to tell myself the lie that if I ate sugar, it would make me feel good. And I was a personal trainer, fitness coach, very successful for many, many years. And I was fat, a lot of it. I'd gain 50 pounds, lose 50 pounds, gain 50 pounds, lose 50 pounds, gain 50 pounds, lose 50 pounds. You know the yo-yo diet. And then one day, a few years ago, I had this battle my whole life. I'm like, I'm done. I'm just fucking done with this bullshit. Give me some new problems in my life, but I'm fucking done with this one. And I remember walking around downtown Toronto and I'm walking around and I, and I just resigned myself to the fact that no matter how shitty I was going to feel, I wasn't going to over medicate with, with, with sugar. That was what I'd do. Too much candy or sweets as, a, as I used to call them as a kid being from the UK. Candy is for our North American comrades. Um, I used to tell myself that I'm feeling shit. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Let me have a bunch of sugar and it'll make me feel better. I told myself that lie for many, many, many years. Until one day I questioned it. I'm like, does it really make me feel better? 
And I'm like, you know what? That first sip of a Frappuccino, that first bite of a Snickers bar, that first bite of the donut is orgasmic in my mouth. It feels fucking amazing. Second bite, not so good, still enjoyable. That third bite, that third sip, diminishing returns, diminishing returns, diminishing returns. Until I'd have a whole day where I over-medicate myself with sugar and shit. Not literally shit, that would be a different type of show for a different type of problem and we ain't going to go there. Um, and you know what? At the end of the day, I feel bloated. My problem was still there and I was about 10 pounds heavier. No lie. So I'm like, actually, it doesn't even make me feel better. So why do I do it? It distracted me, it medicated me. It numbed me from feeling things that I didn't want to feel. So I decided to feel the thing that I needed to feel, whatever it was. And I honestly, I didn't know what it was. So back to my story. I'm downtown Toronto a couple of years ago and suddenly I will have that craving to eat sugar. I wasn't hungry, but I had a craving to eat sugar. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat any sugar. Whatever this thing is, whatever's underneath this fake phony craving, I'm going to let it come for me. And I ain't going to use my hypnosis skills to banish it away or my trains, my change transformation skills to make it disappear. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to let it come for me because I'm done. And whatever, however big or scary this thing is that I've been running from, from my whole entire life, I'm done with it. Come get me. It can't be worse than reliving this pattern for another 36 years in my life. So it came. It came from me. And I'm near City Hall in downtown Toronto. And this darkness came. And I don't know what the darkness was. I don't know what it was about, but it literally brought me to my knees. I felt so sad, so deeply alone in this world. All I wanted to do was run home, cry, medicate myself with food, sit in a corner, distract myself from the world. And I took it and it came and it literally brought me to my knees. And it came and it was, and I don't know why it was there and I don't need to know why. Again, that's another fallacy, the insight. You have insight of why you have a problem, it makes it disappear. Yeah, sometimes it works, about 5% of the cases I've found. But most people know why they're fucked up, yet they're still fucked up. So I didn't know what it was, I just know how it felt. And this darkness lasted for exactly 75 minutes. And after 75 minutes, guess what happened after I took it? It just dissipated. It just disappeared. And it never came back again. And I never had that problem again. Don't know why it was there. But I didn't distract myself. It was a message that was coming from my unconscious mind. For many, 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 many years. Listen to me. Feel me. And when I listened to it. When I felt it. It just disappeared. And I never had a weight problem or a sugar problem after that time. You might say, oh, sugar, oh, sugar's not as addictive or as dangerous as heroin and um, whatever else class A drug you want to put in there. Yeah, maybe I'm not going to die, but I was a fat bastard that was miserable, depressed, walking around, not having the kind of life that I wanted, trying to kill myself a couple of times. I faced it. I decided to stop distracting myself, to face the emptiness. It came, it went. Problem was resolved. But I ran from it for 36 years. It was a gargoyle on my shoulder. A monkey on my back. And it wasn't until I decided to face it that it disappeared. You can overcome everything in your life. And it's simply by making a choice and by letting go. I don't subscribe to the concept that once an addict, you're always an addict. No. I hate that in AA. I hate that in NA. I hate the idea that Anthony Hopkins hasn't drank a lick of alcohol in over 30 years, yet he still goes to AA every day because he has the dogma that he's still an addict. 
He probably hasn't drunk for as long as he did drink, yet he's still been brainwashed that he's still an addict. No, you can change and not be an addict that fast by making a decision and living a new life. Yes, you can overcome your addiction. It's in your mind, it's in your body, and you can make that decision to overcome it immediately. I do not buy in to the concept that you're always an addict. So let's recap. Let's give you a summary of today. Addiction in any form. What is it at its core? It's a lack of connection with self. Lack of connection with others. Nature versus nurture. You can choose which one you want, but nurture gives you some level of control over it. Neither have been proven, but nurture gives you some level of navigate around your world. Why are you over-medicating with this drug? Because it's making you feel something. But yet, underneath it, there's some unresolved emotion. That as long as you keep doing the drug, you keep doing the addictive behaviour, it's never going to be resolved. And it's always going to be screaming and get louder and louder, metaphorically, until you listen to it. There's different types of addiction, yeah. Yet they're all the same on some level. There's something you're not facing. There's something you're running from. There's something you're distracting yourself from. That when you face it, oftentimes... When you face it in a safe environment, oftentimes just dissipates and self-corrects there. There's a level of emptiness that you're trying to fill in your life. And no matter how much food, crack, heroin, insert the addictive behavior, if you will, gambling, uh, porn, sex in there, it will never fill that vessel inside to you. So stop trying to fill the fucking vessel, smash the vessel and realize you are enough already. Can you be more? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Should you stop striving for more? Oh, no. You should keep growing, but you are enough right now. So that's been podcast number 11 on addictions today. And as what I'm doing right now, leave us a five-star review over at iTunes. And if you email me once you've left me a five-star review, you get a free 30-minute Skype session with me, a power session, I call it, where we work over one of your problems. Literally take it out back and work it over with a nightstick, if you will, so it ceases to be a problem with you, so you get more clarity in your life, more happiness and joy, and more importantly, more freedom to put you in the direction, to point you in the direction that you want to go. All you've got to do is go over to iTunes, give us a five-star review, and email me. Email is going to be underneath all these podcasts, which is mal at lukenosis.com. Mal, M-A-I-L, at lukenosis, me, L-U-K-E-N-O-S-I-S.com. Mal at lukenosis.com. And um, we'll book that power session with you to help you get your life back on track. Hope you've enjoyed it. This has been podcast number 11 on addiction. I've been Hypnopunk and this has been Unstuck Transformation with Edge. Always believe.